Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the spymaster director of our mystery shopping report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Well, good morning, folks. Uh, this is the live Earl Stewart. You just heard my recording introduction. Uh, kind of summarizes everything. I got an o- anonymous feedback. I think it was last week saying that my introduction was too long. So I just timed it. Oh, yeah. It's 30 seconds. <laughs> well, I think you were talking about me when I come on after the, you know, my live introduction. Uh, we covered everything there. I, I think that uh, I always want to inc- uh, fill in the new folks, and that's hopefully we're building the audience. I think we're growing because I can certainly see it geographically. I mean, we're international. Uh, and so we, we, we're improving our new listeners. We like more and more. Uh, Nancy Stewart has done an amazing job of increasing our female audience. And so when I, uh, I kind of overdo it with the what we, you already know, the, our regular listeners, uh, I've got to remember that you're, you're listening every week and you're going to be bored to death when I keep talking about the same thing. But I've got to touch on the high points. And I, I, talk, I, I have to say something about the Mystery Shopping Report because it's... Uh, it's unique, and if you've never listened to the show before, it's been a long time. Every week we do a mystery shopping report. It's really kind of cool. Uh, we go into a car dealership or tend to buy or lease a car, and we just tell you exactly what happens. We don't pull any punches. We name names. We name dealerships. Uh, some of the dealers are, are pretty good. We score on the curve. We grade every mystery shopping report, and we can't do an absolute grading system because everybody would probably flunk. For example, every car dealership charges a hidden fee. Uh, so we can't flunk everybody. Uh, we, have to have a, we have to have a recommended list. And we tell you, buyer beware, even on our dealer recommended list. So uh, Mystery Shopping Report, you'll love it. Uh, it'll be at the end of the show. Did an extra Mystery Shopping Report today. I'll just touch on this briefly. It goes to show you how abusive even the big guys are. We, we uh, mystery shopped on the telephone, AutoNation uh, Lexus. It's called Palm Beach Lexus. It's owned by AutoNation. And uh, it was a used car ad, a local online ad. And we mystery shopped them on the telephone. Come to find out the used car they were advertising is not in Palm Beach. It's not a Palm Beach Lexus. Yeah, it's not in uh, Florida. Uh, it's in Texas. So here they're advertising uh, good prices on a used car that uh, I suppose if you want to drive to Texas, you could buy it, or maybe you could pay $1,000 to have it transported. I don't know. But that's an example of the things we find out. And the fact that a, a large company, AutoNation, I mean, they're traded on the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, they're publicly owned. Uh, they have some, uh, you know, theoretically, Michael Jackson, uh, the former CEO, he's still a spokesperson, and uh, I think he's on the, on the board of directors, uh, respected people, but how do these car dealers get away with what they do? That's why this show exists, and that's why you're listening to Earl Stewart on Cars to help you. Uh, 
I'm going to also remind you, and then I'm going to introduce Rick Kearney. He's sitting to my right. Rick is a certified master diagnostic technician. So it's not all about buying cars and leasing cars. Uh, it's uh, exciting out there to go into a car dealer service department, too. Uh, sometimes you find out that they're overcharging you. Uh, they all charge dealer fees. Did you know that? When you, when you buy service in a car dealership, they have a smaller version of the old hidden fee. Their hidden fee is at the bottom of the service invoice, and it's a percentage of whatever you paid. So if you had a $1,000 bill, it'll probably be about $100, maybe $200. If it's a small bill, it might just be 5 or $6, but it's for nothing. It's add to the bottom, it will be sundry supplies, it will make up a name like hazardous waste disposal fee. So you got to watch out for that. Uh, the main thing you have to watch out for, and I'm going to turn it over to Rick, and he can tell you more detail, is selling you something that you don't need. Cars are so reliable today, they require so little maintenance. Many times on a new car, the maintenance is free for a couple of years. So what's the car dealer going to sell you in the service drive? Well, he'll figure out something. So uh, Rick Kearney, uh, if you have any questions on cars, uh, tell them how to reach you, Rick. Uh, I'm right here. It's 800-877-960-9960. Uh, or you can text us, 772-497-6530. Uh, we're on YouTube on Earl on Cars and also the Earl Stewart Toyota YouTube page. Uh, we got Facebook. We got anonymous feedback, youranonymousfeedback.com. So there's all kinds of ways to get hold of us here. Yeah. I, you know, if I were listening and I wasn't on the business, one of the things that I think about all the time is this, this uh, red light that so often pops up on your dashboard and it says check engine. Scary. Yeah. Uh, talk about that a little bit. Well, it's, it's kind of your car's way of communicating to you there's a problem. The problem is it can only say check engine, and it really can't give you a definition. Is it is something as major as a sensor or an activator in the engine, something going wrong with the car? Or is it just as simple as being a loose gas cap? Do all the manufacturers use that terminology? check engine that seems like it's a standard phrase in the industry pretty much they've they've gotten to the standardized thing some of them would say service engine soon but they got away from that because service engine sounds more like just a maintenance thing yeah and most cars now also have a maintenance light that will come on that is timed to come on about every 5,000 miles or whatever it's yeah. set for for the manufacturer yeah to tell you when it's time to bring your car in for normal regular factory recommended services to me that to, to me the biggest uh, uh, stupid thing about the check engine light is that it can be anywhere from a loose gas cap which it is loose gas cap about 75 80 percent of the time is a loose gas cap it can be that so all you have to do is tighten the gas cap you don't have to pay anybody you don't have to go to the service department tighten your own yep. gas cap but it also might be something very serious, uh, something so serious that would be safety related or certainly your engine or your transmission, a very expensive repair, meaning that either you don't have to worry about it at all or it's so serious that you're allowed to be trapped on the Pennsylvania Turnpike at 2 o'clock in the morning. So check engine light tells you nothing about the severity of the problem. Right. But here's a glimpse into the future. Now, this is something that is starting right now within the last two years. Uh, it's, it's a test program that all the manufacturers are working on. 
and probably within the next three to four years, this will be standard on all the cars. When your car's check engine light comes on, the information that it has will be sent by cellular signal to the manufacturer. Very cool. Then they will be able to determine, is this an important issue or something minor? And if it's something as simple as your gas cap's loose, you could all of a sudden receive a text message says, your car's check engine light has been illuminated. We've determined that your fuel cap is loose. Please tighten it at your earliest convenience, and we will clear the code remotely. Have a nice day. That is amazing. I love it. I didn't know that. Yeah, we're well, starting when to can see we that. expect that, do you think? Uh, right now, yep. because it's already out on some of our cars. However, it's because people uh, are concerned about privacy issues as well, uh-huh. it's a voluntary type thing where you have to volunteer to allow this system to read that information and send send that information to Toyota, and then they will send you know the text messages out to you. So you have to buy the car first and then fill out the information form, privacy release, right. and you're good to go. Right. That's fantastic. That and the, the cool part is if it is something really major that's going on, something important in the car, it can send you an alert and say, hey, a text Pull message over. that says, your check engine light is on. Yeah. It is a serious situation. Please go to the nearest dealership, yeah. and here's where it's located. Ah. Because they'll be able to determine your location. Oh, cool. Yeah. And get you to the nearest dealership, or offer to send a tow truck to you. Well, see, I told you Rick Kearney knows a lot. He knows more than I do, and I'm a Toyota dealer, and I didn't even know that that was available. So if it's available in Toyota, it's probably available in a lot of other makes. Absolutely. And it's hot off the press. It just happened, probably the 2020 models. And uh, we uh, encourage you to take that into consideration. That's been one of my pet peeves for as long as I can remember. I hate the check engine light, and I thought it was so stupid, but now, finally, they fixed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, you can use apps, like right now, currently, on a lot of Toyota models. Um, at a glance, you could be in your house, and you can see the, the tire pressure in each one of your tires. Yeah. Yep. You say your fuel level. Um, yeah. I think you have that in your car. Yeah, and, and the Lexus should have that, but not with uh, with regard to the check engine light. Yeah. I'm sure they do now, uh, and I'm sure a lot of other models. That voice you just heard, by the way, is my son, Stu Stewart. <laughs> uh, for you newbies, everybody else knows him. And Stu is our spy master general. He is in charge of our covert operation, the mystery shopping report. And uh, we're starting to get a little of attention of the of the salespeople. We ha- we've had two texts, anonymous feedback, and another uh, posting on our YouTube uh, from two salespeople at Ed Morris Honda. We shopped at Morris Honda a couple weeks ago, and uh, uh, we had. Uh, the salesperson we shopped actually sent us a, a, a feedback on the posting. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk about that later in the show. Stu dispenses Agent Thunder or Agent, whoever the agent is that goes out, and he picks a dealership that we shop. And uh, tell, tell us a little bit about that, Stu. Uh, every week, and this has been going on. Well, see, let me rewind a second. I joined the show, I think, four years ago. Four, yeah. four or five years ago, uh, Nancy and Earl have been doing it for uh, 17 years. Um, but I've been doing the Mystery Shopping Report for those whole 17 years. I was just behind the scenes. I wasn't yeah. on the show. We're, and, afraid, uh, we're afraid for your safety. Well, yeah, well, I was, no, the truth is I was just scared to be on the radio. And uh, even mere, when I came in the studio, <laughs> I was silent for about a year. You were a mere child. I was a child. I was only 40-something <laughs> years old. But um, Yeah, so... Um, 
it's pretty unbelievable that for 17 years uh, uh, that we're able to keep uh, delivering fresh content and new reports. And uh, um, and we have, you know, we, we, we revisit uh, dealerships that we've been to because things change. Certainly things have changed over 17 years. So it never gets old. Occasionally, I, I start to feel it gets a little stale sometimes. Like, right, we got the same sort of thing going on. Um, and then suddenly um, our world changed this year and we just uh, such a, sh- a shock to the car dealer body that new behaviors began to emerge and that was just ripe pickings for us to investigate so it's exciting now again as always uh, and uh, yeah so we basically do a little research during the week uh, we typically look for any ads that jump out at us that look too good to be true uh, the sort of thing that you might find on aintgonnahappen.com and um and we have a group of uh mystery shoppers but we stick with the best and so usually you're going to hear agent thunder um the last uh the last era of mystery shopping we had agent x who was just an extraordinary i want to say he was a genius fearless totally fearless clearly one of the the the, the most interesting people we've ever met and uh and and agent thunder is is filling those shoes really really well and uh so we've been on a tear now in the last two months uh, looking at these um, COVID-19 related ads. Um, what happens when the manufacturers uh, jumped in there with a bunch of support um, for the card uh, business, which was really hit hard um, really in March and April. Um, a lot of incentives, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, devices to draw consumers into the showrooms. Yeah, and, uh, yeah we learn new tricks every week. I, you just, uh, I've been doing this for 50 plus years, meaning I've been a car dealer for that long. And I, you know, I like to say I know all the tricks of the trade. I don't. I mean, to be honest with you, I find out new things. The thing on the Other Nation uh, uh, Mystery Shop on the telephone, I cannot believe. I've, we've had people advertise cars that were not in the Delray dealership, but in the Miami dealership. I've never had a dealership advertise a car that you had to go to Texas to get. So never. That's an example. No. That's the first time. Uh, oh, yeah. Two oh. weeks ago, we had a, uh, who was it? It was up in uh, Fort Pierce. Uh, gosh, I can't remember the dealership, but they said, yeah, that's in our uh, sister store up in northern Florida. And no, we can't get the car for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, before, before I introduce uh, Nancy Stewart, uh, my co-host and uh, partner in crime for 17 years on the show, I, I had something I wanted to mention. This is kind of a little bit off the subject, but uh, we are in a huge pandemic crisis. Uh, I don't even like to read the paper or watch TV anymore. Uh, you know all the bad news. Uh, we're one of the states where the uh, COVID uh, virus is increasing in intensity, more hospitalizations, uh, more testing positives, and, and there's about four or five other states, maybe more than that. Uh, the, uh, a lot of people uh, don't have jobs. A lot of people are furloughed. Uh, hopefully they'll have the job. Uh, huge number of people on unemployment. There's something that uh, inside secret that car dealers have, they don't talk about that much. Uh, car dealers pay, they call them bird dogs. Uh, what they are are referral fees. So wherever you are in the United States or the world, if you have a car dealership that you trust, uh, that you uh, uh, recommend, that you can say, I know Charlie, the salesperson, he'll take good care. If you refer to a car dealership, they will pay you a fee. Uh, whether you need to do it a lot, you can you you can earn uh, several hundred dollars uh, a month if you work hard. Uh, you refer 
your friend who wants to buy a car to a car dealership that you uh, trust. And uh, you're doing them a favor, right? And the car dealer, you check ahead of time, you call the car dealership, say, I have someone who wants to buy a car, uh, I'm gonna send them in. If I send them in, uh, how much will you pay me? A typical would be, let's do 50 bucks, 100 bucks. 50 to 100 bucks, yeah. 100 bucks. So uh, call the dealership, be sure you do that, give them your name before you give them the prospective buyer. How is it, yeah, up front? Up front. If the prospective buyer goes in, and buys a car, and then you call them up and say, "Hey, I referred them. You don't get your hundred bucks, or your hundred fifty, or whatever it is. Each dealership has a, a different amount they pay. But think about it. You're doing your friends a favor. You send them to a car dealership. Uh, maybe you love Ed Morrisonda. Maybe you love uh, 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 Schumacher Buick. Uh, if you have somebody that you can trust, and you have a salesperson there that's reliable, do." the dealership a favor, do your friend a favor, and do yourself a favor, and pick up a referral fee. Uh, all car dealerships do this, so I just want to say that. Uh, I had it in my notes of things to say. And I do have to add a caveat to that. In, yes. In, it's, not, it's not permitted in all states in the United States. In oh, some states, you can't do that. I didn't know Florida, that. it's completely uh, it's, it's legal and encouraged. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I found that in our, in our 20 group, which is a group of Toyota dealers that get together. Uh -huh. And... Um, I can't tell you how many, but there are several in there where that's not allowed by law. I got you. Oh. Okay. Now, okay. Uh, got Nancy, the love of my life, uh, my uh, partner in crime. You're so sweet. I'm been here you, for. I'm going to call you Skinny. Put up with me for a long, long time. Yeah, Skinny. Skinnier yeah, than you. you've ever been. Thank you. Uh, hey, folks, uh, I discussed my talents with you, but the show's not that long. So <laughs> we're going to move into uh, something a little more serious. I mentioned last week Attorney General Ashley Moody. Guess what? We can't not do this alone, Attorney General. And, you know, she is put in, she has been put into a position of authority. Uh, uh, she can be so helpful to all of us. She's the protector of the consumer, no. the consumer uh, from uh, the, the scams and, and uh, all these uh, dangerous uh, ads that are in the newspaper and taking advantage of so many people that are buying cars. We can't do it alone. So, I told you last week that you could definitely uh, give the uh, department, the Attorney General Ashley Moody's department, you can give her a call. <laughs> I doubt very much if you're going to be speaking to her, uh, but you can file a complaint, you can voice your opinion, uh, you know, knowledge is power, and uh, you must must voice your opinion. You know, Ashley, Ashley used to be a judge. Did you know that? She was a, Ashley was a judge, and she was the youngest judge she, ever to be on the bench in Florida. Very, very capable person. She has uh, quite a legal career. I have definitely checked her out. Uh, also, uh, I was going to give you a telephone number that's extremely important for you to get in touch with her. That's 850-414-3300. Uh, Eight five zero four one four three three zero zero. Let your voice be heard. You're an important part of this show. We can't do it alone. Uh, we do have a buildup of female callers, of uh, uh, female advocates, and uh, we get, like I said, we can't do it alone. So. If you want to get in touch with us this morning, 877-960-9960, or if you want to text us, 
6530 and I will be repeating those numbers uh, during the show. I, I realize I'm talking pretty fast right now. Uh, but you, uh, the uh, listeners, the callers are extremely important, and uh, we couldn't do it without you. You're an important part of the show. Uh, you not only uh, call us and voice your opinion, but you give us information that we may not even have. So we're all working together, and we have an extremely talented panel right here. And of course, we have Jonathan, who is a major part of keeping us together. Again, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, ladies, the first two new lady callers, you can win yourself $50 this morning. Don't forget, your anonymousfeedback.com. We'd love to hear from you. Speaking of female callers, we're going to go to Beth, who's been holding from Maryland. First, Beth, I want to thank you for your patience. Oh, no problem at all. Are you a first-time caller? Yes, I am. Oh, congratulations. You won yourself $50 <laughs> this morning. If you'll stay on the line after we're done speaking, you can share your information with Nick, who's in the control room. Okay, sure will. Thank you. What can we do for you? Well, I'm up in Maryland, and we have very cold winters. And I'd like to know, I have a 2008 Prius, and I'd like to know if a trickle charger can be hooked up to a Prius, and if so, can it be hooked up to the terminals that are under the hood? Rick? Yes, it can. Um, the one thing I caution, though, however, with a Prius especially, because you've not only got the, the small 12-volt battery that needs to be maintained, but the hybrid battery needs to see some exercise as well, the best answer really is to actually get the car and drive it, or at least run it for a reasonable amount of time, at least once every week to two weeks. Uh, but yes, a trickle charger can be connected to the jump start terminals under the hood, and it'll work just fine up there. Okay, and so let me just be clear. If we will be gone for several months and cannot run it weekly, the trickle charger will be okay? Well, it, it'll keep the 12-volt battery charged up, but unfortunately it won't be able to do anything for that big hybrid battery, which is the really expensive. That's the $3,000 battery. And... Sitting several months really isn't too good for those. Hmm. I'd, I'd really prefer if, if you could find someone that, uh, uh, somebody, a neighbor maybe that stays up in that area that can come over and even if all they do is back your car out of the garage and just let it run for a little while just to exercise that hybrid battery a bit. Okay. I appreciate that. Certainly. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, Beth. And, uh, was great hearing from you. Spread the word. Uh, knowledge is power. The ladies hold a lot of power, and uh, they are a big part of this show. Stay on the line, and you can give your contact information to Nick. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Hope Rick, to hear I've from got you a again. question. Rick, I've got a question on that issue there. Again, I'm either forgetting a lot of things, or I never knew that. Uh, to me, that's a, a real negative on hybrids. If I was going to buy a hybrid, and I was a seasonal person, and we have a lot of seasonal people in this area. Um, they either leave their car up north, or sometimes they leave them down here because they have two cars. So if I let my hybrid vehicle sit for three months, 
are you telling me I could have a uh, battery situation with my hybrid battery? I'd have to replace it? That is a very real potential, yes. What is it with the, um, I'm displaying my ignorance, which is embarrassing for a Toyota dealer, but what is the, uh, the built-in thing with the hybrids where they will sometimes turn on and turn off? Or sometimes, is that when they first came out a long time ago? Uh, if you leave if if you leave your ignition on, uh, does does the does the engine ever start to maintain a charge on the battery? Yes, it it would. But bear in mind then that leaving the ignition on means basically leaving your car in running mode, in ready mode, uh -huh. and then gasoline would become a factor because eventually it would run out of gasoline. Uh, well, that's true. But I mean, in three months, I I just I think there needs to be. Uh, someone looking at this, we need to talk about uh, to uh, not, to hybrid owners uh, because I don't think. Did, Stu, did you think about this? Have you thought about uh, not leaving a hybrid? If you had a combustion engine, a regular uh, car, it's okay to put a trickle charger on it. But if you have a hybrid, you cannot do that for uh, a period of time. How long would you say you would be safe to leave a hybrid without? Uh, any starting up and running. As long as you've got a trickle charger on that small battery, yeah, I'm I would say a month to a month and a half yeah. would be the maximum yeah. that I would recommend. In yeah. my experience, I haven't, I mean, I haven't had, that's never been an issue that's been raised before, but yeah. I yeah. do imagine there is a certain percentage of people out there that do need to leave it for more than a month and a half. Um, but I don't, I don't know if it's. Well, uh, it we need to find out, don't we? That's pretty important. I, I, uh, I didn't think it was an issue. I, uh, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I knew that if you let a hybrid car sit for a year, or two years, it'd be. Uh, so letting a car sit anywhere is bad, uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, and it's always better to have the car started and driven at least once a week. But for a hybrid uh, to uh, battery to fail, uh, I would think if it was a new hybrid, it would be covered on the warranty. And even and the war hybrid warranties on the batteries are quite extensive, so we're in the that's hundred. A that's a good point. So, yeah. Rick, what do you think if uh, if somebody uh, didn't drive their car for uh, four months and then they had a hybrid battery failure, uh, but they had the car for two years, three years, because the hybrid battery is is ten years, hundred thousand miles. Yeah, if it's if it's still in under warranty, then you've got no worries. It yeah. it would be covered. Okay. I'm surprised that Toyota would address that issue and make it an exception. Say your ten year. 100,000 mile warranty is assuming that you start the car at least every two months or something. But apparently, I've never heard Toyota not, address if, the issue. If that's not in the uh, in the owner's manual, to, to I couldn't imagine them turning something yeah. down. If the, if the no. battery just failed, you know, for some things that simple, I, I couldn't imagine that yeah. not getting covered under warranty. The reason I love our callers, Beth, if you're still listening from Maryland, the reason we love the callers is because we learn from the callers. Here's an issue that is not only something that we didn't think about, is something apparently the manufacturers haven't thought about because uh, you, you should, if you have a hybrid out there, and Rick's right, what he usually is, uh, you don't want to let that uh, hybrid sit, even with a trickle charger on it, for more than two months. And yeah, I would be getting nervous going beyond yeah. two months. You okay, know what, uh, uh, folks, on the other side of the coin, uh, isn't it great? Beth calls about a trickle charger. Uh, catalytic converter, you know, I could spit all those terms out. But my point is, uh, there was a time whenever women, uh, they, they didn't know how to open up the, the hood of the car. So here we are, it's the 21st century, and women have the power. 
So, ladies, I have $50 right here on my desk waiting for another female caller. 877-960-9960. Remember, you have to be the first female caller. You can also text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget youranonymousfeedback.com. That's the first, uh, the first two female callers we've had one, so the second female caller will get, if they haven't called the show before, will get 50 bucks. Uh, exactly. Rick has got a YouTube over here. That, well, uh, we're going to go to Justin first, who's okay. been holding for a while, and he's calling from Dallas, Texas. Good morning, Justin. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Well, thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I actually had a, a more general question. I mean, I've owned Toyotas and Hondas, and uh, every time I've purchased them, I've always been able to negotiate the price a little bit. Um, but I'm in the market to buy uh, either uh, an Infiniti or a Lexus, and I find there to be more resistance in uh, trying to negotiate pricing. On those higher-end cars, do they have less margin to work with? when it comes to negotiating, or are there Lexus and Infiniti dealership that just do not negotiate as uh, business practice? Uh, Justin, the answer is uh, almost all <clears throat> dealerships are negotiable. Uh, I, By the way, between the two, uh, Infiniti and Lexus, I would definitely buy the Lexus. Uh, the Lexus is uh, the number one luxury car recommended by Consumer Reports. That's kind of like the Bible when it comes to objective analysis of vehicle quality. Uh, but uh, whether you choose the Infiniti or the Lexus, you can negotiate. Uh, you always want to get three competitive bids. We have a Lexus dealer in, um, um, I'll, tell, I'll say Fort Lauderdale, actually it's Coconut Creek, South Florida, the largest Lexus dealer in the country. Uh, it's called JM, like in Jim Moran, JM Lexus. And uh, they are one price. They're one of the few. Uh, there are some other one price Lexus dealers. But one way to start would be to call and get a quote from JM Lexus in Coconut Creek. And uh, you can use that to negotiate. But I'd, I would buy, whether I'm buying an Infinity or a Lexus, I would get the best price from three competitive dealers. Yeah. And the other part of your question is on the higher-end models, there's a lot more margin to work with. It's not that they're they're not making enough profit. There's a huge markup on those higher expensive vehicles. But um, Earl mentioned earlier that we did mystery shop uh, JM Lexus by uh, over the phone, and they did they they discounted their they, their one price, but they offered a discount right up the uh, right up uh, right up front without even asking for it. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we had an, another mystery. I won't identify the person, but we had another mystery shop. And they, over the phone, they offered uh, a discount. So, um, And that's the first we've experienced there because we yeah. thought they were true blue to one price. They also have a small hidden dealer fee, which yeah. uh, was too small to mention in Florida because if you're under $1,000, uh, you're unusual in Florida. But, yeah, uh, competitive shopping of Infinity or Lexus, and as Stu said, there is a large markup in luxury cars. Um, they they tend sometimes to be a little tougher to uh, negotiate with than a Chevrolet dealer or a Ford dealer. But uh, if you get three different Infiniti dealers, three different uh, uh, Lexus dealers in Dallas, you probably got four or five Lexus dealers within driving distance. Get a price from each other. Be sure it's an out-the-door price. Don't, don't take anything except an out-the-door price 
and tell them that I call an out-the-door price what I can write a check out for, bring it to you, and drive my Lexus or my Infinity home. If you get that price from three or four dealers, you get the best price, hands down. Yeah, I think he um, he said he was going to hang up and listen to the okay, answer. Okay, very good. Okay, well, that's very good. I think uh, we're about ready to get to uh, uh, YouTube, and we have some more text mm -hmm. coming in. I've got a really interesting one for you here. Into Tech, he says, I leased a new 2020 car, an Acura RDX, in December of 2019. Just got stopped by a state trooper. They ran the car's registration and plates, and the trooper found the color of the car does not match the registration. And he said, the plates and sticker on the car show the same information as all the registration things, but the color does not match. I know how that happened. He called the dealer. They confirmed that the color of the car is not registered properly on his paperwork. He's got a black car, but on the registration paperwork, it shows as white. He was given a ticket by the trooper. Ooh. And he says that the dealer told him that the color doesn't matter on the registration paperwork, so they won't do anything for him. Oh, my God. And if he wants, he can pay to have it re-registered, and it will cost him $400. That's horse pucky. <laughs> they got to fix it for him. What are they doing? That's insane. So you, this is exactly how this happens. Somebody at the dealership got a printout of their incoming cars that are about to get delivered, and they enter them by hand into the computer, and they have to t actually type in the color of the car, and somebody read something wrong, and they typed the wrong thing. It's 100% on the dealer, and if it results in the ticket, they should be 100% liable for paying the ticket and correcting it without any other charges to the yeah. customer. What it's this crazy. person has to do is to get to, to somebody in authority yeah. at the dealership. They're talking to a lower-level supervisor. Yeah. Call the dealer, the owner, the general manager, because they could take them to a small claims court. I wouldn't waste money on a lawyer, but you could file a small claims court, and you'd win, hands down. Uh, certainly is the dealer's responsibility. Yeah, those mistakes happen occasionally. We, look, we, we have screwed up before. We, we actually had uh, we had somebody who was pulled over at the wrong VIN and was actually almost arrested. This is years ago, and it was an honest mistake, and yeah. it, it was f f full stop, fix the problem, take care of the customer. Yeah, rule of thumb, when you have a problem with a car dealer, if you're talking to a salesman or a sales manager, uh, you're probably not getting uh, all the integrity and responsibility uh, we had a caller last week and two weeks ago that did an amazing job of getting up the ladder to the owner of the dealership and was able to have all its problems solved. So push, push, push until you have a person in true authority. Be careful because when you walk into a car dealership, everybody's a manager. And it's like walking into a bank. Everybody's a vice president. But be sure, either go online, uh, look at the... Uh, uh, employment uh, organization chart, find the top guy or top gal, and if you talk to that person, your chances of getting your problem resolved are much, much higher. Yeah, it's crazy, and it's, it's not easy to do, but it's easier than getting in touch with the CEO of Comcast or AT&T. Exactly. They are usually local. They're, 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 they're around. Okay. okay, folks, so that telephone number again is 877-960-9960, and you can text us. Don't forget to text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, Janet from North Carolina asked me uh, how she can pull up the best uh, websites uh, for purchasing a vehicle. 
and uh, she wants the top rated just she said uh, she doesn't want to have to choose from a large list but just maybe two or three and uh, Janet uh, I would say that uh, Auto Trader is number one for me and uh, I would say number two would be uh, Kelly Blue Book you've got True Car Edmonds uh, there's there's quite a few of them so let your fingers do the walking on your PC that'll be a great she, help to you she, Good does luck. she want to find out about used cars or new cars Pardon me? Does she want to know the best uh, site for new cars or used cars? No, uh, she didn't say. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I just, I would put a little asterisk with a caution on things like uh, Auto Trader. Like Auto Trader does not list any of the hidden fees that are in there. And so most dealers, if you if you sort them by price, you look, you're going to see all those prices are do not include an additional probably 1000 plus in, in fees. Um, True car, um, even though they have kind of diluted their effectiveness because they used to give you an absolute price that you can buy the car for, now they tend to give you uh, ranges of prices um, for participating dealers. But what they do is they will break down the, all the fees and they break down all the incentives so you can actually see uh, you know, what you're paying for. And it might even give you an opportunity to negotiate a little bit more uh, when you get that price because you see how much those fees are. And, and right. dealer installed equipment too. Great advice, Stu. And uh, also, uh, I'm a, a believer in Consumer Report. There you can get so much information. And, uh, well, take your time. Investigate the websites, Consumer Report. There's a lot of avenues uh, that you can open up in taking your time to purchase a vehicle. Uh, a vehicle is a pretty big investment, like purchasing a home. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530, and the lines are lit up. We are going to go to Jessica. Good morning, Jessica. Hello. Are you there, Jessica? Good morning. I think we lost Jessica. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Call back, Jessica, please. Yeah, please call back. We apologize uh, for making you wait, and we'll try to prioritize our telephone calls. I know we've got a bunch of texts backing up, Stu, do we? Yeah. Um, we got one here from Jamie in Massachusetts. Uh, Jamie asks, so what do you teach your salespeople as an appropriate range for pricing? Would you consider a $13,000 vehicle in the same range as a $6,800 used car? Um, our, well, we don't teach ranges um, at our dealership. We are a, a one-price dealership. We don't, it's a, it's a no-haggle thing. Um, I would think that those two v examples that you use, though, the 13,000, no, I wouldn't consider that in the same range. I mean, a range maybe uh, of a couple of thousands, I think, would be, you know, 10 to 12,000. Yeah, I didn't, I, 20 I didn't, to I didn't understand the question. I think he is shopping for a vehicle and got a range um, on pricing. So they, somebody might have said, yeah, they range anywhere between uh, $6,800 and $13,000. Oh. That's kind of a big pricing band. Well, it's, it's true for any model car yeah. because based on your options and accessories and things like that. So, that is oh, that's yeah. true. That, but that's a pretty big range. Yeah. Now, on, uh, on a pr like an appraisal, some, if you call it in and say, how much is my car worth? I think a, a, a reasonable range because they do vary widely um, as long as they say, depending yeah. on the condition we see it, maybe a, a range of $1,000 or $1,500. Yeah, the reason they're giving you a range is because they want you to come in. They don't, uh, there's an old saying in the car business, you can't sell a car over the phone. No. And so when people, you can also apply it to email, you can't sell a car over email, only guess what? Now you can sell a car if you insist. But uh, the car dealer's uh, greatest enemy is uh, distance when yeah. the, their potential customer is on the phone or on the other end of the email. 
uh, they don't feel like they have the control. So they'll give you a range to suck in, and you just have to sit, put your foot oh, yeah. down and say, look, uh, this is the car I want. You give me your best price or you'll never hear from me again. And that generally will elicit a uh, yeah. price, a biggest, specific price. The biggest phone skills training uh, company out there for car dealers is a company called Applied Concepts, and they train that exactly as they said. So if they ask you how much the car costs, you say, well, well, sir, that, that, that car ranges from 13000 to $22,000, depending on the equipment. When would you like to come in? Yeah. Okay, okay, folks. Uh, I have a caller. Uh, I think uh, Earl just gave me a look. Do you have something you'd no, like no, to that's discuss before? Callers prioritize. Okay, we're going to go to, I believe, Jessica's holding. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Great. Thank you for the Great. call. Thank you for having this show. It's really informative. It's my first time listening. And I have a question. Um, I moved here from to Florida from California. I bought my car in California. It's a 2008 um, Hyundai Veracruz. And I wanted to know, now that I live in Florida, are there um, certain maintenance things that I need to do in order to preserve the life, especially of my battery? I've heard that there's different battery life here in Florida than there was in the other state. and kind of been confusing so well rick's the the authority on that jessica and uh Mm -hmm. um i you know there's not a huge difference depending california is such a big state that depending on whether you're northern central or southern california uh you just got about all the climates there in florida we have high heat and humidity and uh if you're on the coast we have salt spray type of thing a very corrosive uh problem if you're on the coast um rick uh when somebody, uh, w- w- what do we experience in Florida that most other states don't experience when it comes to battery life? Rick, before you answer that question, I just want to let Jessica know that that is a great question because maintenance is so important on your vehicle and it certainly extends the life. Go ahead, Rick. Uh, really, there's not a whole lot extra that you can do here in Florida that that isn't required anywhere else. Um, The best thing, of course, is make sure you drive the car a reasonable amount. And for the somewhat do-it-yourselfers, every so often, pop open the hood and just look at the top of the battery. If it seems like it's really dirty or if you have like a bluish-white kind of like granular stuff around the the battery terminals, the best Uh recommendation is to get a simple spray bottle of water, just plain water, and just spray down the top of the battery really, really well, and it will wash all that stuff away. Yeah, let me jump in there and say that this is what the service department should do for you. Yep. You should be abiding by your Hyundai um, recommended owner maintenance, which is probably twice a year and every 6,000 miles or something like that. So you should have your car looked at at least every 5,000 uh, or six months. And, and, and uh, if you do that and you've got a good service department, they'll wipe off the terminals and clean them for you. Yes. You've got to keep the terminals clean. So, some places, though, will actually charge and say it's a battery service, and they'll clean off the top of the battery. Then they'll put a protective spray or some grease on those terminals to help prevent that oxidation. 
Uh, but other than that, there's really not a whole lot extra that if you they can charge do. Your, uh, change service departments because that's a complimentary thing. It's like uh, you know cleaning your windshield. I mean, it's not it's something. It's easy to do. You do a uh, you do a load check on the battery while you're doing the load check on the battery, which they should do to see if you need another battery. They should wipe it off. It takes them takes them two minutes, and there should yep. be no charge. Okay. Well, that's both both of those facts are good to know because I. I I like knowing what's going on, and I like to be able to be a DIY girl when I can. Mm -hmm. And then I also like to know that that's something that they should do. So thank you very much. Very informative. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Jessica. And I like that part of uh, you do-it-yourself kind of gal. Uh, that's uh, exactly what defines me. And thank you for being part of the show. And uh, spread the word uh, up there in uh, Sebring. Uh, for the ladies to give us a call. And I think Rick has one more. And stay on the line because we are. she's a first time caller. Yeah. Nick in the control room will want to get your details, but bear in mind that in South Florida, batteries tend to last about three and a half, four years. If you get more than five years out of a battery here in South Florida, you're doing really good with it. And how about all the salt and brakes? Don't we see a lot of weird like patterns? Like if you if you park your car uh, the same way and it's like facing the sea breeze, you'll tend to get more corrosion on your brakes. Right. On the side of the if you live right near the salt water, uh, near the intercoastal or near the ocean, especially by the ocean where you've got that wind and the waves, that salt water can just destroy a car. Yeah. And I got one more public service announcement. Great. Now that you're here in uh, humid, hot South Florida. Um, please run your VIN at safercar.gov because another thing that South Florida has a big effect on is how fast uh, these defective Takata airbags mm. degrade. So make sure that your Santa Cruz, run the VIN, go to safercar.gov, enter your VIN number on your car and see if you have any any recalls. And if you have the Takata airbag recall, um, those, those become more dangerous down here in hot, humid South Florida. And uh, Jessica, okay, you moved to a uh, beautiful state uh, yeah, but uh, you really have to be careful with a lot of different things and great information that Stu just shared with you. And uh, uh, you do qualify for the $50, Jessica. So if you leave your contact information with Nick in the control room, I'll make sure and get that out to you today. Okay, sounds good. Thank you so much. And again, thank you for having this show. Very informative. and. Gives me one more thing that I know what to do. The queen of everything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much and have a great day. Okay, we got some more text. We got a YouTube over we, here. Yeah, but yep. we're going to go to Howard. And Howard's a regular caller from Jupiter. Hi, Howard. Good morning. Uh, nice speaking to you guys. Hey, Howard. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. Uh, let's stick with batteries. Uh, uh, do you, now, some batteries are completely sealed. You can't add the sealed water, right? correct, Rick? Yes, that is correct. Okay, now, is it better to buy a sealed battery than a battery that you could a actually add the sealed water to? Or does it make a difference? And why, why do they seal some batteries where you can't put water in? Other batteries, you can. Uh, I honestly don't know the answer to is why it a they would is have it a price thing? A pri price thing to the sealed batteries? cost more they do the maintenance free batteries do cost a little bit more um my recommendation really is i would stick with a reliable brand of battery because like i say here in south florida three and a half four years 
you're really not going to get much more than that, maybe five at the most out of a battery, and then it's going to be time to replace it. And I would rather spend the money every so often to get a new battery than to take a chance on having it fail right at the worst time because it's never going to fail right when you're at a service department. It's going to fail out in the middle of Alligator Alley 2 in the morning with no cell service and pouring rain. What's your favorite battery? Because I want to use the battery that Rick Kearney recommends. I actually just use normal interstate batteries. I use the Toyota battery that ours are made by interstate. Consumer okay. reports, two words. Uh, consumer reports. No, two words, Rick yeah. Kearney. And uh, <laughs> no, I, I, choose, I choose Rick Kearney over That's consumer reports. I choose wow. consumer reports over Rick Kearney. Uh, the other thing, I, uh, Howard, you probably already know the answer to this, but uh, uh, you have a warranty from the warranty manufacturer, from the battery manufacturer. And too often, when you have a problem with your battery, we forget about this. The car dealers uh, or the service departments forget about this. But whatever your battery manufacturer is, has a warranty. And it's a pro-rate reimbursement if you have a problem. And you have to, you have to contact your battery manufacturer yourself uh, unless you have a service department that is kind enough and responsible enough to do it on your behalf. But first thing you ask when somebody says you need a new battery, just say, do I have any warranty left on my battery? And double check because you can get you know 25% back, 50% back, and oftentimes I see a lot of batteries that seem to fail within warranty. Yep. And then you have to go to the the battery manufacturer. But you know that, Howard, I'm sure. Okay, so let me ask this question. I bought a Toyota from you, 2017. Uh, what does Toyota warranty the battery? How long do they warranty the battery? Usually it's under the new car warranty. Three years, 36,000 miles on the original battery. And then replacement batteries, it's going to be based on what level of battery you purchase. Uh, as a matter of fact, Toyota has recently come out with a lifetime warranty battery that is prorated to a much greater extent, basically for the life of the car. But you'll still get a, a prorate, uh, but it's a much longer time for it. Okay, one other question. Uh, Rick, you remember those little rings that they put on the uh, terminals, uh, red uh, for the uh, positive and green for the negative? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, was, that, was that a joke? No, what that was was older batteries. The technology wasn't as good. The quality wasn't as good. So with a lead terminal met to the plastic, they would leak battery acid there. And those were meant to collect that acid and prevent it from corroding the terminal. But now they're sealed much more better uh, to a higher level of quality. Pardon my poor grammar there. Uh, but there's a much greater level of quality on the batteries. So those really aren't as necessary anymore. A little bit of anti-corrosion spray when you put the new battery in, that'll solve everything. Okay, one other uh, important uh, fact that I'd like to uh, expound. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, uh, went into Midas muffler for a brake job, and uh, they said he needed uh, rotors. And he said, okay, how much? And he said, well, I'm going to take the car. And they told him, you can't take the car out. It's not safe. He refused to let the you know, he, So he said, uh, I'm going to call the police department, and I'm going to sue you. And he left. And they found out that it, it, there was nothing wrong with his rotors. So can you explain why a place like Midas would do a thing like that? 
because they're thieving, they're thieves. That well, that's being a well, thief. Let, really? let, let, let me jump in there. Midas, uh, Midas, as you know, is a franchise operation like car dealerships. So, uh, Midas uh, Corporation probably, uh, hopefully, doesn't know they have a rotten apple, uh, and that franchise uh, person, and it might even be the employee of the franchise person. So, yeah. before we call Midas thieves, <laughs> we need to think about who the actual thief was. I, I, I charge Midas with responsibility, and they should know that they have some rotten apples out there and be policing their franchisees. But uh, any uh, car dealership or service station has to release the car no matter what. Is that, is that correct? Oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah, that, not only was it a, a dishonest act, it was a stupid dishonest act because everybody knows. You That's can. my favorite. Now, now, if you do, now there's a caveat there, Howard. If a car dealer or any service department does work on your car uh, in Florida, and I'm not sure how the other states are, they have a mechanic's lien on your car until you pay them. So you're stuck if you have work done on the car. If you don't like the work, you say it was shoddy, uh, it wasn't what I asked for, you could get into a big argument, but they can hold your car until you pay them, which is you know, arguably not very fair. But uh, you do have to go to court to get your car. And if, in fact, you can prove they didn't do the work properly, then they'll let you have your car. But they can hold that car until it's resolved legally. It's a mechanic's lien, and they are in the right legally. Okay, right. That makes sense. Okay, thank you very much for your information. And you, as always, have done a great job in informing uh, people about uh, various things having to do with cars. Thank and you, And thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Howard. Thanks for being a regular caller. And you can call us at 877-960-9960. Don't forget, we've got that great mystery shopping report. It's from H. Craig Nissan. And again, it's a doozy. And you can also text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, you too can rate the mystery shopping report. And we'd love to hear from you. Okay, guys, uh, the uh, lines are not lit up, so you've got the floor. I got, I got plenty of stuff to fill the time. Uh, we have a text from Steve in New Jersey. We spoke to Steve last week. Um, Steve says, good morning, Earl. I'm looking to purchase a dash cam. Uh, the owl plugs into the car's diagnostic port. And Rick had a concern last week about the insurance companies issuing a plug-in device that can affect the car's computer. Uh, should I be concerned with the owl device? Uh, the owl is just, I love it. I mean, I wouldn't be without my owl. And uh, I've had other uh, dash cams that ha- can't even touch it quality-wise. Uh, Rick? Yeah. My answer there is no. You've got no concerns. The concern with the insurance company's little devices that they're plugging in is that they are so incredibly cheaply made so that they can give them out for free. Yeah. The Owl is its an expensive product, but much higher quality and does not attach in on the lines that are actually the computer's data cables. It's more looking for the power and ignition and ground sources to run the camera on. So it does not use the data cables at all, unlike those insurance devices that do use those data cables and can mess up the signals to the computer. Yep. And um, I use one as well. It's the coolest thing in the world. Um, I stopped using it because I got a different car, and just the, 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 the way you, you suction cup it to the, uh, to the windshield, and it, it has a little anchor there, but my windshield's too small or the angle's too weird and it blocks too much of my view, which, by the way, is a good segue into the next question we have. It's on youranonymousfeedback.com. 
And the question says, what cars do you, Earl, Nancy, Stu, and Rick drive? Uh, curious to know what kind of cars you guys drive. And I said, I, well, I drive a 2020 Toyota Supra. No, I, drive a, I drive a 2020 Avalon. That's right. Earl, you drive a 2017 Lexus LS500. Yeah, 18, 17, something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. And my Avalon gets uh, 25 miles to the gallon. Uh, and uh, the highway is uh, 31. We're not here to sell Toyotas, Nancy, <laughs> but thank you very much. Okay, Sue. So. Uh, and Rick, uh, Rick drives Tacoma, I believe. What year is that? 2013. 2013 Tacoma. And nobody asked Jonathan, but he drives a Camry. What year, year is your Camry? 2014. 2014 Camry. So there, there you have it. Um, okay, so we have a, another anonymous feedback. It says, uh, can you shed some light on car dealers' biggest secret? Most people don't know that the service reps at a dealer are paid commission for selling services, oil changes, repairs, etc., for their dealer, uh, for the consumer. Not all dealers pay commission, however. Many people don't know this. Most consumers go into a dealer knowing that the car salespeople are paid commission, hence the high-pressure sales tactics. However, when people bring their cars in for service to their dealership uh, the, they purchase the car from, the service reps will try to upsell fluid changes by planting a seed in the consumer's mind to get them to add on unnecessary services either done earlier or not needed. I think this needs to be made uh, more aware as this can go on for years and years where people service their cars based on service reps' recommendations, hence a long-term game for the dealership. Thanks. Keep up the great work. We have talked about that a lot, and I, uh, at our dealership, we, do, we, we still pay commission to our service advisors. We have uh, other factors. Uh, Customer satisfaction and some other things. I, I'm I've been. We, we uh, do have one pricing though. Yeah, we have one pricing. Yeah. Uh, uh, anytime you face a commission salesperson, and unfortunately, this is a fact of American life. Uh, car dealers do it. Uh, real estate salespeople do it. Uh, most salespeople, uh, whether they're selling shirts or shoes, or uh, a lot of people are paid in commission. So, it's something you need to know and take into consideration. Uh, you have people that are paid on commission that are strictly honest, and they won't try to sell you something you don't need. And you have the other type, too. So uh, when you're buying something, uh, unless it's uh, on Amazon or something, probably one of the reasons online is taken off is uh, it's pretty much when you have to put your bottom line price online, uh, you usually are, are insulated from uh, selling you something that... Uh, you didn't choose. You can do your own research, check the ratings, and buy it that way. But commission uh, salespeople is a, the way we do it in America. It invites trouble. Probably the world, too. Yeah. Um, and here's another anonymous feedback. It says, uh, the mystery shopping reports seem to be mostly about sales and advertisements. Uh, where are the service lane mystery, shop mystery shopping reports that Earl mentioned a long time ago? I will say that I am so relieved that we haven't had to listen to Costco shopping reports for some time now. Me well, too. Guilty as charged. Yeah. Um, it's harder though. It's definitely much harder to go in there. Well, with well what you what you do is you you disable something and you pull a wire on the air conditioner. Yeah. Rick can show us what to do. You unplug something, something that would be a simple fix, and you go in there and you ask them check. Now you got to decide uh, when they tell you that you need a new air conditioning unit, uh, are they just really really stupid or are they really really dishonest? But it's still something we should we should check. And, absolutely. And the texter is absolutely right. And we will put it on our must-do list, and we should be shopping service departments, especially for major repairs. You know, one thing, uh, you can shop a, a lube oil filter or a tire rotation or oil change, but uh, if you have a transmission go out, 
uh, you're talking very, very expensive. So we'll do that, and thanks for the recommendation. Yeah, our listeners have really suggested that so many different times. Yeah. And uh, I've had the ladies call me and ask me the same question about a female going in to have her car serviced, and uh, she would like to talk to the mechanic and see how it all turns out. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll get on that. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, don't forget, uh, you need to get in touch with the Attorney General, Ashley Moody, and uh, let your voice be heard about all this fine print, about the hidden fees, about taking advantage of the consumers. She can help us. Give her a call. Her telephone number is 850-414-3300. Okay, I said it slow enough for you to jot that down. <laughs> now back to Stu. All right, we have a text from uh, Dave in San Diego. It says, greetings from San Diego. Love your show. It's almost unthinkable that they're actually a car dealer like you. I think that all the time, Dave. Um, I have a question about a used car search I've been on for several months. I'm looking for a particular car. It's a Volvo XC60, and there are not many of these available nationwide. I've zeroed in on one at a Volvo dealership in New Jersey. Uh, this car is certified through Volvo, relatively low miles, et cetera. Everything checks out. What do you think about buying a car that you will not be able to drive first? I've driven the equivalent of a uh, car in San Diego, but it's not the actual car. Uh, would you have it inspected? Um, it's already gone through a 170-point inspection, so they claim, um, and they and I have the report. New brakes, new tires, etc. cetera. Uh, there's also the matter of shipping the car across the country, which would cost around $1,500. Uh, do, do you recommend this? If you want the car that bad, uh, Dave, I would uh, have an independent mechanic drive the car for me. You should have every used car checked out by an independent mechanic anyway. It's going to cost you 150 bucks probably for a thorough checkover, but it's the single most important thing you should do when you buy any used car. So include in there, say, here's the car, I want you to check it out, but take it for a test drive. How do, he's, he's in San Diego, the car's in New Jersey. That's what I'm talking about. How's he going to find a mechanic he trusts in New Jersey? Well, he's going to call, uh, he's going to look on uh, the uh, uh, rating for mechanics. He's going to look for an ASC certified. Uh, you could find a Volvo dealer mechanic in New Jersey. If someone works at a Volvo dealership, you could call the Volvo dealer. There's a, there are a lot of ways to find good mechanics. And I would find that mechanic, have them check the car out, and test drive it. Uh, maybe ask them also if they have any kind of return policy that doesn't have restrictions. Rick's got a thought. I would actually go on the forum sites for Volvo owners because, again, you've got a, another community of people that love those cars. And I guarantee there's a group in New Jersey that could recommend a mechanic there that would be like a top-line guy, you know, very trusted by yeah. People that know their Volvos. I would take a Volvo a mechanic from a Volvo dealership uh, and use them because Volvo is a unique car. And yeah. if you're talking about an independent mechanic somewhere at ABC Auto Repairs, you might not get a quality check. Plus the fact they don't have the diagnostic equipment. True. Yeah, this is at a, uh, the, he's buying it from a Volvo dealership. Yeah. So it's, um, he's buying it from a Volvo dealership, but that would not be an independent check. Right. He should go to another Volvo dealership for a, a, a technician that has no pressure on him to tell him what a great car it is. Yeah. I think, I mean, not to debate, I just think that it would be pretty difficult to have a Volvo dealership agree to send their used car to another Volvo dealership um, to, to check it out for the guy. 
Well, uh, then they then they don't they don't buy the car. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you should never ever buy a used car without having checked out by an independent mechanic, and uh, that's my recommendation. Let's move along here. Great, uh, great advice. Great advice. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I want to give a shout out to John, uh, who just texted me uh, from Sound Advice. Uh, hi, John. Thank you for listening. Uh, we're going to go to John in Palm City. Good morning, John. Good morning, John. Good morning. Hey. I just want to I mention it's almost five years now. In September 2015, Volkswagen admitted to the cheating on the admission standards. They circumvented the EPA standards, and they accepted a level of nitrate oxide was 40 times what was supposed to be. Yeah. But they did settle that year with the Volkswagen owners of 550,000 Volkswagens, and it $14.7 billion. But they were dragging their feet in Germany. In Germany, they're not saying how many cars were involved in that country, but they had over 60,000 lawsuits that were going on and on and on. And finally, the highest court in Germany told them that they have to give reparation. So... What the, what the deal is, they're not saying how many cars were involved, and they're saying that the Volkswagens have to be returned for an inspection at the Volkswagen dealers, and they will make some kind of compensation. Its cost is unknown, and what they're going to do, but it's a partial refund of the purchase price. But it just shows you the United States is ahead of the whole game, and in, in Germany where the cars mostly are made, and they were dragging their feet. But finally, it's going to be settled. <clears throat> and I'm just wondering how many of these cars today are sitting on used car lots and how safe are they as far as the emission goes? That, that's a good question to ask. And I just say be careful on any used Volkswagen that's diesel. That's my point here. Another thing on diesel, if you notice on a diesel station, a lot of it is combined uh, with a regular pump. There's a diesel which is usually green, and if you notice that it's very greasy and dirty around it, <clears throat> and if the station is not good, you even some, see some on the floor, and, and diesel fuel is very sticky and oily. So it's very important that you just stay away from that part that's like that because I don't know, a doctor has admitted that the diesel fuel can, uh, the coronavirus can stick more to that greasy uh, uh, film that's laying around. So I don't know how true that is, but <clears throat> the diesel fuel, when they fuel up a car or a truck, is quite messy, and you see it around the pump and on the floor. Well, thank you, John. That's uh, something I didn't know either, but I appreciate your calling this to our attention. Well, be careful on the diesel. That's all I got to say. Well, thank you, John. Appreciate the call very much. Yeah, thanks for joining us again on this Saturday morning. We'd miss you if uh, you didn't give us a call. Okay. okay. Thank Martin. you. And, uh, uh, John reminds me of, uh, well, speaking up for Tina, who we, we have not heard from. And I don't believe that she called last week, did she? No. No. Okay, well, Tina, if you're listening, we'd love to hear from you. 877 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Okay, is it YouTubes or texts? 
We got texts. We got anonymous feedback. We got everything. Um, we have uh, somebody just has a question. Wants a suggesting uh, a suggestion on what used SUV to get in the fifteen to seventeen thousand dollar range. Um, I'm I'm biased towards the Hondas and the Toyotas. Um, I'd recommend maybe a, a Rav4, or a Honda CRV, maybe in the 2017, 2018 year. They what about consumer reports? What do they say? I didn't look it up yet, but I I, I know that the Rav4 and the CRV usually feature pretty high. Um, I can't comment on those particular years, um, but definitely check out consumer reports. And um, I'd throw in also consider the Subarus. Hmm? Oh yeah, Subaru. Subaru actually oh, makes exactly. a very good SUV lately. That's right. Okay, here's another good one here. It says, good morning, everyone. If I'm looking to get a great end-of-the-month deal on a new car, should I ask the dealer if they're close to hitting a sales goal? Um, I don't want to start throwing out insultingly low offers. Um, I'd rather it be a win-win. Um, I think that's a great suggestion. Um, I don't know if your salesperson will know that answer. Um, the sales manager might, um, and that might give you a little leverage. If they are close to hitting it, uh, mm -hmm. you remind them of that, and they, <laughs> you could say, it's, they close at 9 o'clock on the 31st of the month, show up at 8.30 and say, did you hit it yet? I could be your, your golden ticket. Let me back up to the uh, consumer reports on SUVs. So easy to check. Took me 10 seconds to pop this up on the screen. So why, uh, why guess? Uh, the number one SUV, according to consumer reports, is a 2020 Kia Telluride. Wow. 90, score of 92. And the number two is a Porsche Cayenne, 88, Hyundai Palisade, 87, uh, and then the 2020 <coughs> Subaru Outback, uh, Mazda, Toyota's uh, down to uh, 86 uh, with a Highlander. So remember when Consumer Reports uh, rates a car, uh, they buy the car from the dealer just like you would buy the car. They don't get a special price. They don't even tell the dealer who they are. They just buy the car and they test it. Uh, they don't have any conversation with the manufacturer. They don't advertise. There's no payment involved. It's purely objective. So um, we love it when you call the show and ask us for our opinion, but our opinion can't hold a candle to what the Consumer Reports uh, guide is. They check it for safety, cost of maintenance and repairs, cost of insurance, uh, uh, comfort, uh, acceleration, uh, uh, everything you can think of. They've already taken it through all the, the ropes, and when they come up with a recommendation, it's pretty darn good. Yeah, every little detail, and uh, our household wouldn't be without it. Earl has his magazine that uh, arrives at the uh, front door and I have mine. That's uh, how involved we are in the Consumer Report. It's worth its weight in gold. can save you a lot of money. Stu? Okay, anonymous feedback. It says your June 6th show uh, mentioned um, about the car insurance device that helps provide a discount. State Farm offers one which does not plug into the OBD2 sensor. Or maybe that's the O2 sensor. <laughs> it will not affect the car. I'm not sure. Rick can clarify. Um, it works with an app on your smartphone connected by Bluetooth. Cool. Right, as long as it's not plugging in on that plug under the dash, which is where the computer, a technician would plug in a, a computer to communicate with the car. As long as it's not plugging in there, I wouldn't see a problem with it. Okay. Uh, another anonymous feedback. Does, does Toyota make a vehicle that you can tow flat with an RV? No. Okay. That settles that. <laughs> what does tow flat with an RV mean? I know um, what an RV means, but. Obviously, you see a lot of cars being pulled behind RVs. 
some of them with the front wheels off the ground, so oh, okay. the back tires are on the gotcha. ground. Some of them up on a trailer, which is the best way. And some of them, they in order to actually do this, it's called dinghy towing, like a dinghy boat behind a, a larger boat. Yeah. With the car with all four wheels rolling on the ground, the car has to be modified in order to allow that to happen without damaging the car. And my opinion, you're much better off getting a trailer to put the car on behind an RV. Okay. Um, and we have a comment here on uh, from, from Mark on Facebook. It says, uh, Earl, you don't have to worry anymore um, about me being a pain in your rear. I guess my critique of wearing PPE in the studio last week was disruptive. I just thought because of Dr. Fauci's recommendations and because you had safe distancing in the studio that you might send a different message to the audience. Um, you did. You all did send a safer message uh, for that audience to get the right message, and we shall all be thankful. And that's Mark. Thanks, Mark. I don't. I, I don't remember the. Um, I think I'm not quite. Oh, uh, somebody sent something in about that we were um, harming our health because we were rebreathing exhaled CO2 in our masks. Oh, and, I um, I and we, about that. Yeah, no, and then I just kind of corrected it and said that. Um, yes, you do exhale CO2, and you're probably maybe even breathing a little bit more than you normally would, but yeah. um, it's definitely the safer uh, way to go. Absolutely, yeah. And we are caught up with text oh, and anonymous feedback and everything. Got a couple you, of YouTubes here. Okay. Uh, let's see. The first one is Mark from St. Louis is asking, Earl, could you please elaborate on powertrain warranty and why it's worthless? I had a water pump replaced under it and didn't cost me anything. Well, uh I guess it's not totally. Even a, I, a broken clock's right twice a day. I guess I'm not totally. They're totally worthless, worthless but uh, they cover components on your vehicle that are lubricated, and they're usually the most reliable parts that fail the least. Uh, as long as you perform all your factory-recommended maintenance, in some cases, you actually have to perform more than the factory-recommended maintenance. Powertrain warranties are designed to sound good, but they really don't give you much return on your premium that you spend. Uh, to have to pay anything for a powertrain warranty, it's kind of like nitrogen in your tires. If you get it free, and some dealers advertise it's free, uh, then okay, that's fine. Right. <laughs> but if they charge you anything for a powertrain warranty, the odds are about 99 out of 100 you'll never be able to successfully use it. The, the fine print on the warranty will tell you that you have to maintain that car extremely carefully. And if you maintain any car extremely carefully, the odds of anything in the powertrain failing are infinitesimal. So uh, don't waste your money and do not spend it on a powertrain warranty, but accept it if it's given to you free. Okay, and uh, Rick Pettinger is asking, I'm checking out a used car question. How do I ask the local dealer for the time to go check out a car? I'm guessing he's asking how you, how, how would you approach a local dealer and say, I want to take this car somewhere to have it inspected by another mechanic? Well, it's, you're holding all the cards when you haven't signed. Uh, if you're going to buy a car, and they know you're intending to buy a car, uh, they want to do anything they can to encourage you to do so. So uh, asking to take a car to an independent mechanic, if it takes a day or two days or 12 hours or four hours, uh, Find out ahead of time and try to make it as reasonably short as possible. But you don't want a quickie. You want to find out that the mechanic did what he was supposed to do. And then you approach the selling dealer and say, this is what I want, condition of my purchase. 
you'll practically never find a dealer that will say no. And if a dealer says no to taking your used car to an independent mechanic, there's probably a reason for it. And that is because there's something that the dealer's going to find out that's wrong with it that means he can't sell you the car. Insist. If you, if you can't get that permission to have your used car that you're buying checked out, don't buy the car. Absolutely. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And I have a text from Marianne in North Carolina, and uh, Marianne wants to know uh, how she can be sure that she's going to get an out-the-door price. She's out shopping. And uh, Marianne, uh, you're a girl after my heart, uh, because uh, if you go to Earl on Cars, you can find an affidavit uh, that I have come up with. It was a great idea, so Earl posted it, and it will get you the final out-the-door price. And uh, the next time that you go into the dealership, uh, if you haven't already faxed it over to them, you can take it with you, and uh, you can prevent all of the shenanigans that goes on when you purchase a vehicle. Have them sign it. And if they don't want to sign it, whether it's the salesperson or the manager, walk out. That's my advice. Earl on Cars, download the affidavit, a tool for an honest price. Thank you for the text, Marianne. Got another text that popped in. Okay. Because this is a live show, real time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good morning. Uh, this is John from California. Wow, we're getting a bunch of texts from, from California. I love, I love California. Um, John from California, uh, just wanted to say, want to ask, why do dealers still insist in saying that when your lease car is almost done, that the remaining balance would not be added to the new car deal when we savvy car shoppers know better? I've learned a lot from your show and the book I bought from Earl. Um, thanks again for what you guys do. And that's true. Usually, like, that's, it's, this is the oldest trick, one of the oldest tricks in the book. Like, we'll pay off your trade no matter what you owe, or we'll ma make your payments for you, or we'll get you a new car, if you get out of your lease early. You're always paying. It comes from you. They might be writing the check. So if, you're, if you have three months left on your lease and, you, and they talk you into coming in to get out of your lease early, those additional three payments have to be made to the, to the bank. So they're going to take those payments. It's going to come out of the profit in the deal, which means they're going to mark up the car. So very, very smart shopper there, um, John. And um, one day I might retire in California. Oh, yeah? L let, me, <laughs> let me mention something. I have my notes. I think if we're running low on text and uh, YouTubes. Uh, I have a, a pet peeve I've talked about on the show before, but it's hidden warranties by the manufacturers and the uh, insistence by all manufacturers that if there's something that they are fixing on cars, uh, what comes to mind is paint. We have a lot of paint problems, uh, all manufacturers, uh, especially in Florida. We talked about that earlier in the show. When you're in a high humidity, high temperature, uh, sunny, they call it sunbelt, you get fading of paint. If the paint isn't right, sometimes they don't have clear coat on the car, they have other defects. So you buy yourself a nice uh, new car, and about three or four or five, six years later, suddenly it's faded. All the other cars look fine. Take it into the dealer, they say, well, you're supposed to wax it every month. Uh, you know, and they, they, you, you rarely get any sympathy, empathy, or consideration. What you don't know is that there are a lot of manufacturers out there that have, I guess, maybe by class action suits or whatever reason, they have agreements when you ask 
that your car be fixed under warranty because it has defective paint. If you come into a dealership and you have faded paint, your car's out of warranty, take it to the dealer and say, look, I got a problem here. Will you cover this under warranty? That's the magic word. When you ask that it be covered under warranty or goodwill or paid for by the manufacturer in any way, shape, or form, you might be surprised that they have a secret campaign that they will fix it for you. So, attention. It's not just fading, it's peeling paint. Peeling, they yeah. call it. They call it delamination, yeah. that's yeah. defect. And it's, it's, it's not just paint, it's other things, but paint is probably one of the most expensive. I mean, uh, a first-class paint job, a good paint job on a car can be several thousand dollars. So if you've got a car that's peeling, chipping, uh, fading, if it concerns you, I'm not saying in all cases they're gonna say yes, but if there is a campaign, the dealer is prohibited. If the dealer, if you come into a dealer service department and uh, the dealer comes up to you or the service advisor says, you know, uh, you need to have that car painted. And I got some good news for you. Honda has a campaign, well, they'll fix it. They'll paint that car free. Then uh, they, can, they can be in serious trouble. The dealer, they could be canceled, lose their uh, franchise. They could, uh, they could be uh, wa warranty audited, charged back hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, the manufacturer goes after the dealer if the dealer tells you that you have faded paint that can be fixed by the warranty. You have to ask first. So be proactive. Whether you have a General Motors, Chrysler, Honda, Toyota, whatever product is, go to your dealer and say, is there anything in the literature from the manufacturer, warnings, bulletins, saying that you will fix my car and pay for it? You could be picking yourself up four or five, six thousand dollars. And remember, even if the paint, faded paint doesn't bother you, it'll bother whoever you sell that car to or trade it in. So if you have faded paint on a Honda Accord and you're thinking about ready to trade it in, go to the Honda dealer. Maybe you want to buy a Nissan. Before you go to the Nissan dealer and have the car appraised, take it to the Honda dealer and say, is there any campaign out there? to help me have this car fixed. Let them paint your car. It might be a $5,000 paint job. Take it to the Nissan dealer when you trade it in, and you get $5,000 more, or even more than that, because you got a brand new, shiny, factory-painted car. So you have to ask. The dealer is prohibited by the manufacturer against some very severe penalties from asking you if you can if, if you would like to have your car painted, you have to ask the dealer first. You know, uh, whenever I think of a bad paint job, all I can come up with is depreciation, big time. Yeah, and huge. it isn't like the old days. You know, back in the 50s and 60s, uh, Rick probably, uh, well, he can't remember, but he knows about it, and you got your car painted, he's still a baby. <laughs> uh, but at uh, any rate, that's great information. I have a text here, and it's a text from Jessica, and she forgot to ask, um, I don't drive a lot. Should I be moving my car occasionally to prevent my tires from rotting? Well, Jessica, you should be moving your car uh, for more than, well, one or two reasons. It is uh, really very important, but I'm gonna let Rick get into the details of it. Yeah, your tires won't actually rot. What they'll do is develop a flat spot. The when they're sitting in one spot all the time, the rubber will kind of flatten out a little bit. And when you first start driving the car, 
you'll get this horrible thumping feel as it's going down the road. Now, within driving for 10 or 15 minutes, they'll heat up and that flat spot will actually smooth back out and round out again. But for the first few minutes of driving, it's going to be very uncomfortable and could get a little unsafe in severe conditions. So yeah, at least once every couple weeks, you should get the car out, drive it a bit to exercise it, and give it a chance to charge everything up, lubricate all the seals, and just kind of give it some exercise. Yeah, I, I like that analogy, exercise. Yes. Yeah. Exercise is a, is a great word, and also Jessica, uh, your air, your tire pressure is really important, and uh, you have to maintain that. Also, there's a lot of things you need to maintain, even though your car's sitting in the driveway. If you want to be able to go out in a month and drive your car, uh, I'm speaking from experience. Okay, I let my car sit for probably two or three weeks. I went out to use it; it was dead. I think it was like two or three months. You were quarantining. <laughs> <laughs> We have some comments on Facebook uh, on an earlier topic we talked about. We were talking about the check, check engine light and the changes, and Rick uh, got us all very excited about what's coming down the pike where you, um, the car is telling you exactly what it is. Um, uh, Andreas on Facebook just wanted to know, why can't the car just show the code on the dash? And then you can look it up online or, or call in. And that, that's another thing that's always bugged me because I think that's kind of, maybe it's built into the system. Maybe are the scan tools something that, um, the, the car will tell you the code, does it require a large amount of equipment just to display that code on the dash? No, okay. it would be a very simple thing to do. Yeah, but it's the sort of thing you'd you'd see, like now with the modern cars, it's actually like a seven-digit code. So it'd be something along the lines of like yeah P zero three zero one zero one five. Right. Okay. And you'd have to try to remember this code and then determine what it means. Yeah, the new way is better. The what's yeah. coming is better. Um, what Steve also on Facebook said, on one of the trips um, up north, uh, um, going up north from Florida, they got a flashing check engine light on the Ford Edge, um, and they were told it lost one cylinder and that it would have caused permanent damage to drive that way. And he wants Rick to tell you, how much damage would it do if you lost a cylinder? Ah, now here's, I probably, I should have mentioned this sooner, because Earl, you, you'll be interested by this one. If your check engine light comes on solid, and the car seems to be running okay. You should be okay to keep driving it. However, if your check engine light is blinking, that generally indicates that one or more cylinders are misfiring. And if a cylinder is not firing properly, it can cause damage because of pre-ignition or that added fuel that's being sent through that cylinder as it's trying to fire, getting into the exhaust, it can heat up the catalytic converter and cause excessive heat there can cause damage to the catalytic converter possibly causing it to plug up or even catch fire so a lot of money and danger well there was actually a case not long ago uh a, an older couple pulled their car off the side of the road out by the loxahatchee the acreage area they got stuck in some sand and as they sat there with the engine running for the air conditioning it actually caught fire and the car burst into flames wow. with them in it. Do all cars have that phenomenon of flashing check engine lights if a cylinder is misfiring? Yes, that is standard well, across the board. Is that by design on the warning system or is that just something that happens electrically because of the piston? No, it's by design and the idea is that a steady light 
you'll kind of ignore. A blinking light is that in the owner's catches manual? your attention more. Is that in the owner's manual? Yeah, I believe it is in the owner's manual oh. that if the light is flashing, you should get to the dealer as soon as possible. I, I think that should be in the owner's manual in red, mm -hmm. and I'm going to bet you lunch that it isn't in the owner's manual. It should be on the cover. Yeah, absolutely. First thing you need to learn. Yeah, because, I, I mean, it's never come up before until Rick mentioned it, and uh, if if the dealers don't know about it, then how can the owners know about it? And if it's in the owner's manual, they still don't know about it. It should be, as Stu said, on the front in red, because uh, that's the only indication you have. You got something serious is when they check engine light is flashing. Okay, you got any more text over there, Stu? We are caught up. We're good. Okay, I uh, I, I have a suggestion for us, uh, and I'm surprised somebody hasn't called in. We're about ready to get to the mystery shopping report. And uh, I'll give you a little bit of a hint ahead of time. Once again, nobody wearing masks. Nobody wearing masks. Here we are. Uh, Florida is uh, one of the uh, hotline states, or whatever they call them. They are the the coronavirus is now rec more hospitalizations and more test positive. So the the virus is coming back in spades in in Florida and some other states. And for a car dealership or any retail establishment to have nobody in there wearing masks, that's, that should be a criminal act. Uh, it's just absolutely terrible. So uh, my suggestion is this. We are, we are scoring people, or scoring dealerships now as to their sales practices. Uh, let's start, and we hope we don't have to do this forever. We hope this, we hope this coronavirus thing goes away. But it, it's not gonna go away for a while. Let's get. Let's have a coronavirus score, and a mystery shopping score, uh, sales tactic score. So if we should list the car dealerships that do not have masks, and maybe that will motivate the car dealerships that are doing that to tell their people to wear a mask. So when you go to Earl Start on Cars, and check the archives for the mystery shopping reports, starting next week. We're going to have a list of those dealerships that we've already shopped, got to be a half dozen, where nobody wears masks. And we're going to tell you, find a car dealer of that make where they are, care enough about their customers that they are maintaining all the precautions, not just masks, hand washing, social distancing, uh, uh, hand sanitizer, all the things that a responsible retailer should offer their customers and their employees. Yeah. Because you're talking life and death. Absolutely. And, and, uh, and I think we'll also highlight the ones that do an exceptional job. Uh, like we've been picking on Ed Morris, Honda, um, a little bit, and some of it deservedly so. Well, um, But they were the, an exemplary, uh, um, a great, great example of a, a dealership that did it right. Not only was everybody wearing masks, they had um, big plastic shields up on the desk between the customer and, yeah. the, uh, and, the, and the salesperson. And speaking of Ed Morris, Honda, uh, uh, we got a text, uh, I, I guess it was probably uh, maybe a YouTube notation from Dave Muirhead. Yeah. And Dave is the um, salesperson from last week's Mystery Shopping Report. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'll just tell you, he hates me. Uh, uh, he, he, he scolded me for wasting his time. Salespeople work on commission. It, it, was, it was from the mystery shop. The video they were talking about happened, was from last year. Oh, last yeah, year. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> wait, 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 wait till they hear the new one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I want you to know, Dave, that I understand and I respect that. 
Uh, what I'd like you to know is that we mystery shop our own dealership and we waste our dealer, our salespeople's time too. Actually, we don't waste their time. If they get a good shopping report, we pay them $500. So, so we motivate our salespeople to do well. If they do poorly on a mystery shopping report, then they get a verbal warning and then they get a written warning and then I don't want to get too graphic, then they don't work here anymore. But uh, we mystery shop ourselves just like we mystery shop Ed Morse Honda and all the other dealerships. And I hope that the people that we, like you, Dave Muirhead at Ed Morse Honda, I hope you learn something from the mystery shopping report that you can tweak and fine tune and maybe do a better job and uh, maybe you sell some more cars yep. by treating your customers. And, and something I'd like to point out um, that, that Dave didn't address in his comments was um, we call balls and strikes. Uh, we don't go in there with any preconceived notions. If somebody does something really wonderful and they behave themselves, we, we recognize that. And we, we have a huge listenership, not yep. just national, I mean, but locally we have, uh, how, how many people like the, we have great ratings. I'm not going to get into the details. Um, we endorse that salesperson in the dealership yeah. and we say hey if you're in the market for a subaru go see john at abc subaru exactly honest guy and we we we, we develop business for you so that's um that's something that it, obviously when we uh, uh we think about that it's not something we ignored we realize that it's um you're not selling a car to the mystery shopper yeah we found several salespeople that are more honest than the dealer or the managers We've had uh, yeah. we've had salespeople warn us about the advertising. Mm -hmm. They will tell the mystery shopper. So some salespeople, this was a dishonest ad just to get you in the door. And uh, we've had amazing integrity and honesty. We had one salesperson refuse to sell a car, or even allow you to take the car home until they had fixed the Dakota uh, uh, airbag because it had a defective car. So when we see this, when we see extraordinary honesty, we salute you. We celebrate you, we advertise you, and we tell people to go to Ed Morris Honda or wherever the dealership and deal with this person because it's all about the person you're dealing with, not necessarily the dealership. Yep. Uh, we have a uh, relevant text that just popped in. Uh, it says, the H. Gregg dealership in West Palm Beach is awful when it came to sanitation. Nobody's wearing masks. Nobody is following social distancing. There is nobody sanitizing or cleaning. Everything is reused, just awful. And then they added, I also went to Southern 441 Toyota, and nobody was wearing masks or anything. They all tried to shake my hand. So bad. Mm. And also the wait times were five hours plus. Shameful. Oh, Shameful. Rick? We have a, a red letter here, red letter day. The first comments on Periscope. Oh. oh. So I got to read these out. A couple Periscope, of Periscope, Periscope lives. Yay. H-H-W-H-S-H-D-J is the, the person's name. It's a Russian bot. It says, okay. what's with the masks? And Boston T1 says, save yourself, take the mask off. Take the mask off. It's a sign of mind control. Uh-huh. Well, uh, there's an institution on 45th Street in West Palm Beach <laughs> that can take care of you. If you just call them, they'll send a car. And uh, in a few years, you'll be fine. So. Yeah, well, I, every morning I get up, I put a t my, I wrap tinfoil around my head, and I get messages that instruct me to put this mask on. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I just, uh, I, I, see, I see the behavior, and I just wonder what is uh, going through people's minds. Uh, let, let's get into, if we don't have any more text, I'll get into the mystery shopping report. But you can keep your text on YouTube and posting on Facebook. And if we finish up the text, the... Uh, 
Mr. Shopping Report. We'll get back and do some more text later. Okay, I'm just going to slip this one in, and it is a text, and it's in regards to what you said about masks. And uh, this young lady says that it is shocking. And whenever she walks into a place of business and someone doesn't have a mask on or anyone doesn't have a mask on, she turns around and she leaves. So uh, that's not good for business. Smart lady. That's what you should do. Yeah. Okay, Mystery Shop of H. Greg uh, Nissan. Two years ago, we learned from about H. Greg from one of our listeners, never heard of him, Frank, that's right, in Jupiter. Uh, we mystery shopped them twice since then, the first time back in 2018. They did pretty well. The second time, they failed our Takata test. Uh, despite the mixed results, we put them on our recommended dealer list. Up until now, we understood H. Gregg to be just a chain of used car stores based in Montreal uh, with a bunch of locations across North America. Recently, we've learned that H. Gregg is in the new car business, too. I, I, I didn't know that, and neither did Stu. Last March, they opened their first new car dealership in the United States in Delray Beach, H. Greg Nissan. Now, we, we shopped it, didn't we? Oh, yeah, we've done yeah. the West Palm one. Yeah. Uh, apparently, uh, they began their Nissan partnerships in Canada several years ago with three locations. In December, they acquired Kendall Nissan, uh, formerly an automation store. This is the largest Nissan dealership in the eastern United States which probably doesn't mean it's very big because Nissan's right. don't sell too well. H. Craig may be a serious up-and-comer in the retail car biz. They're doing some smart online marketing, and they come across as cutting-edge and progressive. H. Craig's website is impressive, modern, sophisticated, and it says all the right things. Very consumer-friendly. They boast about a seven-day exchange policy, albeit not a return policy. Uh, folks, beware. Uh, exchange... Forget about it. Exchange is, just allows the dealer to take advantage of you again. All they're going to do is give you another vehicle uh, that you pay too much money for or you didn't really want. Cash is what you want when you have a return policy. And uh, with mileage and condition restrictions. They do have a separate return policy within seven days, but they return, they require the return policy 7% restocking fee. Now, that's insane. I mean, if you buy a $50,000 vehicle or you buy a $5,000 vehicle, why should the stocking fee be hugely greater on the high-priced vehicle? It doesn't make sense. In fact, there shouldn't be a restocking fee. It's a gotcha, and it's probably in the fine print. Like their used car locations, H. Greg Nissan professes to be a one-price dealership. When we tested this at the West Palm Beach used car location in 2018, they held true to the claim. Trust me, folks, one price, legitimate, honest, one price are few and far between. So that's a plus for H. Craig. We called up Agent Thunder to feel him out. We asked him to go in, try to buy a new Nissan Altima and see what happened. Agent Thunder was instructed not to challenge him too much, but to do uh, just, a, just be a little bit of a pushover. We did ask him to see if they would come off their one price. We wanted to test them on that. Operation report. How do you lick your finger to turn the page? Uh, <laughs> you shouldn't be doing you that can't, anyway. You, you can't do, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> Coronavirus era, don't lick your finger when you turn the page. Okay, here's the report. I started the mission with a phone call to get a feel for the place. I spoke to an energetic-sounding woman uh, who discussed uh, the various trim levels of the Nissan Altima and set an appointment for me to work with someone named Nicolina. Mm -hmm. Pretty name. 
I drove uh, down to Del Rey just in time for my appointment, walked into the showroom. No one wore a mask, I repeat. H. Craig, new car dealership. No one wore a mask. There were several clusters of salespeople. And they, did you get the visual image I do? Not only do you have no one wearing masks, but they're in clusters. They're clustering, they're gathering together closely without masks. Uh, terrible. Uh, scattered throughout and not a lot of customers. Well, you don't see very many customers in Nissan dealerships these days at all. Uh, a salesman noticed me and approached. I said, I was there to see Nicolina, and he pointed me to a woman at a desk in a glass office. Nicolina came out to greet me. Turns out she was not a salesperson. She was a BDC rep. Now, BDC stands for Business Development Center, and almost all car dealerships have these today. There's someone, they make appointments for salespeople. I have to make a correction because that's what we do. Huh? Um, it looks, I'm looking at H. Craig's website right now, it looks like they changed the 7% restocking fee, and now it says with no fees or no questions asked. Ah, well. But it's three days. Thanks for catching that. Not seven days. Okay, three days. Uh, Nicolina asked a few salespeople if they were available before she found someone who could help me. Zach. Z-A-C. I like that name, too. Nicolina, Zach. Mm-hmm. Really cool name. We exchanged pleasantries, and I asked him whether the dealership had uh, any... Policies. Policy, sorry. a policy. Damn autocorrect. Regarding uh, protective face coverings. Zach said that the lockdown has ended, and it's not mandatory to wear a mask. Well... All right. Uh, it's not mandatory, but I can tell you the Center for Disease Control has just issued a warning because of the fact that the uh, coronavirus is coming back in spades and in many states that they reduce the lockdown. So what they're saying is the state shouldn't have relaxed it, and then they have. Okay, we got another change. No, I, I just have to, because no, no, <laughs> we have anonymous feedback. We have time. Usually we're rushing, so we have a little more time. Yeah. Anonymous feedback came in. Uh, Earl, you are not the coronavirus authority. The coronavirus has caused death, no question, but is not a blind life or death situation. You are shaming people, not just dealers. Shame on you for shaming those of us who are not wearing masks and simply staying home. Shame, shame you, and you can replace shame. Oh, oh, there, shame you, and you can replace shame with a nice four-letter word. Um, Well, just let me the addresses. We're not talking about people who are staying home. We're talking about car salespeople in a showroom, dealerships with hundreds of people exposing themselves to something that's killed 114,000 people. Well, to to address this issue also, uh, I don't believe in controlling any individual's right to choose. I see people riding motorcycles without helmets. Uh, They're entitled to do that. I mean, there's an argument on both sides. Uh, I think it's insane uh, to drive uh, on a, a motorcycle with a helmet. I think it's insane to text while you're driving, but people do that. I'm not trying to shame them. I'm just saying, uh, in my opinion, it's the wrong thing to do. It's wrong to uh, drive 120 miles an hour on I-95, but some people do that. If you want to take your life into your hands, uh, you know, we're not talking to you. We're talking to our audience. We're trying to save the lives of the listeners to Earl Sterling Cars and tell them, don't go into a retail store. And because we are car dealers, we're saying, don't go into a car dealership that doesn't have the respect for their customers and employees to require a mask. And uh, if you don't want to wear a mask, 
You've got your reasons, just like not wearing your helmet on a motorcycle. You have your reasons. But don't risk other people's lives, and that's what we're saying now to the car dealers out there. Okay, where am I? I got so upset I lost, lost, <laughs> lost my place. Uh, you met Zach, I know that. Yeah, Zach, oh, he's, that's right. Zach he's, said, yeah, yeah, if the guest asks to wear a mask, then he would wear one. Well, that's not going to If you walk into a retail store that are so careless that you have to ask them to put the mask on, uh, think of what could that environment could be like because people are coughing and sneezing. If you have someone in there that has They're COVID, breathing. Yeah, exactly. I'm talking. Uh, I moved on to a different topic. I said I was there for a 2020 Altima. I just wanted uh, their best price. It would be interested in any finance deals they had. I said I understood Nissan offered 0% for 84 months and wanted to know uh, more about that. Zach asked for my driver's license and scanned it with his phone. Um, as long as we've got time, I'll, I'll, I'll raise this issue. Are we doing that at our dealerships too? I'm sorry, would you ask? Do we scan people's drivers? Yes, but the reason yeah. we don't do it all the time because we have yet to find a program that consistently works. Yeah. So you scan it, and then you always have to go there and make corrections in it. Well, I'm just uh, I'm making a, a memo to Earl, memo to Earl, check with the dealership, my dealership. I think when you're scanning someone's driver's license with your personal iPhone, I think it would be something that would bother me a little bit. It's one thing to have the business accept the responsibility for privacy standards. But when you walk in and see Charlie the salesman and he scans your privacy, your, your driver's license, your address, your age, and a lot of other things, uh, and it stays in his personal iPhone, well, there's, there's that, that's a whole other issue, too, yeah. which, by the way, because in a lot of cases, exactly, yeah. well, you don't need to get someone's age, um, that kind of yeah. catch purchase, or yeah. you don't need to get certain information. Exactly, but it's on the driver's license when you scan it. It yeah. is. And Charlie's salesman can take that home, and he yeah. knows your age. A little age. bit of a security to go. Yeah. So we issue. need to take a look at that. That was a memo to Earl. And uh, at any rate, uh, he asked a few more questions about the model I wanted, and we settled on a 2020 Altima 2.5S. Zach was very talkative. I found it was, I found I was offering him information unprompted. I said I had only a thousand dollars down. My credit was pretty good. I said I preferred a white vehicle. He found one in stock. Asked me to wait while he got it. While I waited, a salesperson approached and asked if everything. Manager. Huh? Manager. Manager. Okay. I'm, I was I was I was focusing on how to turn a page without licking my fingers, and I lost. Uh, my tracker. While I waited, the sales manager approached and asked if everything was okay. I asked him if that, oh, here we go. Next page. Zach returned and led me out to the car. I told him I didn't need to drive the car because I didn't want to get in the car because he didn't have a mask on. I let Zach go through his vehicle presentation and he did well. I asked him about the 0% for 84 months again. This time Zach said that it wasn't available on the ultimate trip. He said they had 0% for 60 months on the Ultima, but they could still go 84, but not at 0%. I asked him what kind of rate I could get for 84 months with good credit. He said, uh, I'd find out in the business office. I'll bet you, I bet you will. You'll find out in the box. Back at his desk, we continued to talk numbers. Zach explained that his first price is his best price, which would have prompted me to have said, uh, rather shopter, how about the second price? Is that your highest price? Or the I, third? Oh, that just, I think, I think that's their, it's their slogan. He just yeah, wanted to I use know. it. Yeah. I know. They were a one-price store. They went over the numbers on his computer screen. 
The MSRP matched what I saw in the car, $25,235. Now, we're, you just tuned in. We're shopping Ace Greg Nissan in Delray, Florida. He said the rebate was technically for current Nissan owners, but I was getting it anyway, which bothered me as soon as I saw that. Mm -hmm. This tells me that either he's lying to me or he's lying to Nissan. If Nissan says you have to be an owner of a uh, Nissan to get the $1,000, uh, then they're paying the $1,000. And if the dealer is keeping that and not passing it along and telling all customers they qualify, I don't know what's going on here. He's lying to somebody, either Nissan or me. Uh, then he added sales tax and fees, a $999 dock fee, a hidden fee, and a $946 in fees with no qualification. Then he said those were tag entitled. Well, $946 is a bunch, and it couldn't possibly all be for tag entitled, uh, not on a Nissan Altima. Out the door, I was $22,086. I asked Zach if I could get these figures printed out to take home to review with my family. He said he couldn't give me anything to take, but he could print something for me to take a picture of with my phone. Never understood that. Well, it's probably um, a technicality. They probably tell the salesman, if you, give, if, you, if you give a customer a buyer's order to take home, you're fired. And they've been saying that in the car so business. So it's a workaround for the for salespeople, you so think? So it's, it's yeah. a workaround. Gotcha. Oh, I didn't see him take the picture. Yeah. And so they do it just to get around the rules. Right. I asked him if I was able to, uh, uh, I asked him if I was able to find a better price at another Nissan dealership would he be able to come down on the price? X said he couldn't, uh, but stressed that he felt his price was extremely low, extremely low, and not, not likely to be beat. Now it was. Well, let, let me let me say this: a one-priced dealer who says he's sticking to his one price is not really sticking to his one price when he adds hidden fees to the price he advertised. That's true. The advertised price is purportedly is one price. Mm -hmm. In this case here, we're going to find out later, there was not just one hidden fee, there were two hidden fees. So one price dealers are not really one right. price. They're 98% price dealers. Yeah, they're not even not. 95% yeah. price dealers. In other words, a, a one price dealer could add $3,000 to the one price. To me, that's not a one price dealer. That's a... Yeah, it's two prices. The second price, remember I said earlier... But they have different fees, so it's like a three price he, dealer. He says my first price is my best price. That's not true. His second price is his best price because he adds his fees in the second price when you come out of the ether and find out about both hidden fees. Okay, I asked him about the $999 dock fee. He said it was a dealership fee, whatever that's supposed to be. And what it really is is a hidden fee and couldn't come off. I asked about the other fees and if they were state fees. He conceded, here we go, conceded, okay. They included an electronic filing fee. We still don't know how much that hidden fee, the electronic fee, we don't know how much that is. And there's probably more in there, too. Yeah, something more, yeah. Tag probably. agency or something like that. Yeah. You don't find out about all your hidden fees until you get into the box, also known as the business office or the F&I office or the finance insurance office. And when you get there, you find out well, you really don't find out because the computer spits the documents out so fast, you don't see what you're signing, and you might not find out ever, if you do, 
and when you get home and review the paperwork. Uh, Zach left to print a copy, returned with a worksheet. Worksheets are things that are not legal documents, and it says so on the worksheet, which allows them to get away with a lot of shenanigans because they say, hey, this isn't a legal document, so I'm not responsible. You know? <laughs> it's not a legal document. Uh, I don't think that would hold up. Uh, well, I wouldn't, but uh, it, it disarms the complainer. Oh, they told me it wasn't a legal document. I should have asked to see a legal document. Well, you should. You should, before you buy a car, carefully read the legal document, not the worksheet. <laughs> right. They say, excuse me, could you please bring the legal one out? <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. I'd, like to, I'd like to use the legal one as opposed to the yeah. illegal one. Uh, maybe that's when they put their mask on, when they bring out. Uh, he hand wrote a, a few one. notes. <laughs> one address my potential payments for an 84-month term, a range of 262 to 284. By the way, that's $12 difference. Multiply 12 times 84. That's a huge range right there. Is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then you add interest to that. I took a picture of the worksheet with my phone. I thanked Zach and uh, went home. Here's the epilogue. Uh, they were true to their one price claim. I, uh, yeah, yeah, I challenged yeah. that. Yes. They, weren't, they weren't true. Hidden fees. Zach was pretty upfront and transparent about the fees. Uh, not true either. Uh, the bad... Zach claimed uh, about giving Agent Thunder a loyalty rebate, even though he didn't qualify, seemed sketchy. And I addressed that earlier. Uh, he had to be lying to either Nissan, the manufacturer, or lying to me uh, if I were Agent Thunder. And that's the story. And uh, uh, we still don't know what all the hidden fees are because all we have is a worksheet. And we have to, Greg, uh, H. Greg, uh, we really don't have to ask for votes on the, on the mask. H. Greg failed yeah, the mass thing. Yeah, there's no great. It's pass-fail. Yeah. And uh, let's uh, go around and see who who voted for what, who wants to. Uh, well, yeah, Linda chimed in on Facebook, says uh, that it's a big fat F and a huge F for safety. And then we have Matt also gives them an F and an F. And Mike gives them a C- minus and an F on safety. And I'm going to – I'll be in there. I'm going to low passing grade on the sales experience, uh, say a, a, a D+. Plus. And then, uh, and obviously, they failed the, uh, the the COVID safety protocols. Yeah, D plus. Yeah, Nancy, what, what do you think about? Well, I ask myself, when will win the when we will win the battle against all these hidden fees, you know, uh, amongst other shenanigans? Uh, pardon me, Jonathan, for stealing your word, uh, but uh, it is the truth. And uh, ladies and gentlemen. You can help. You can help us uh, by getting in touch with Attorney General Ashley Moody. Give her a call. Let her know what's going on because obviously she doesn't. This continues. Her number is 850-4141-3300. And, you, of course, you give them a, a what? A, a score? Uh, <laughs> I guess uh, F all the way around. Okay. Who walks around without a mask on? I asked well, you yeah. that this morning. Yeah. You know, is anyone watching TV? Are they watching TV? Are they listening? Uh, are they reading a newspaper? I mean, this is some serious stuff. Yeah. And you talk about a helmet for a bicycle. Um, you know, they're affecting themselves on that bike. If you walk around without a mask on, you're infecting other people, and you don't even know it because you don't even yeah. have the symptoms. Yeah, we went through the uh, we went through the at uh, our dealership. Uh, at first, we recommended, first of all, require the employees to wear a mask, obviously. Uh, 
everybody wears masks at our dealership. And then, and then we said, should we push the customers? So we had an area of customers with masks and an inner area for customers without masks. And then we started to feel guilty about that. And so we had to weigh, do we confront our customers and insist? So we decided to do that. And the amazing thing is, it's worked extremely easily. No one blames us for it. We provide masks to those that don't have them, and the customers are happy. You car dealers out there, you'll find that you will actually have a more positive attitude. You might get a few hard heads, like the text we got earlier, who, nobody can tell me to wear a mask. You get a few of those, and he's not gonna buy a car from you. But you've got a lot of people out there that have got some common sense and say, that retailer has the courage to require his customers mm -hmm. to wear a mask. Yeah. And you will get more business as a result of that than you lose from the nuts that won't wear the mask. So there. Uh, scores, Rick? I've got uh, Donovan Lewis with an F, Mark Ryan with an F, Paul Cable with an F. And I've also got a quick note here. Andrew Plasinski says he just dropped off his lease return at Palm Beach Toyota and everyone there was wearing a mask and acted responsible with social distancing and they were continuously cleaning the public areas at Palm Beach Toyota. Great. So, Again. props to them, I Palm Beach Toyota. They're Absolutely. I know that their general manager is Shelby Bigelow and he, he is, um, I mean, they're, they're a fierce competitor of ours, um, but he's, he has his act together and so I, that doesn't surprise me. And it's also a Penske store and that could be a corporate thing that has yeah. come down from, uh, from for all yeah. the stores nationwide. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, they're a public store that I signed over with H. Gregg. I don't know if they're public or not. Are they privately owned? H. Gregg, I think it's privately owned, yeah. but I, I'm, I'm not a sure. A public store would have a huge uh, liability to be careless about their customers. Hmm. Okay, where do we stand? We got all our votes in? Yeah, yeah I haven't we voted yet. I, I'm on the, once again, I'm on the horns of a dilemma. Um, I, I, I'm getting emotionally involved in this mask thing, so I can't pluck them on the mask thing, although we might change our mind about that. Uh, and the other thing is, uh, do we fuck them on the, uh, you know, on the one price? Uh, I, I'm gonna give them a D, I'm gonna give them a D plus. I'm going to put them, I'm going to say we got to, we got to pass them. I'm very reluctant They're about that. They're not that far from the norm. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. obviously there was some things, yeah. and I agree with you hundred percent on yeah. the, uh, the one price thing. You can't call yourself a one price thing if you're going to lay, yeah. lay down some other fees. But attention on. dealers out there, I'm seriously, we're all seriously thinking, have your salesman wear a mask and ask your customers, at least ask, uh, but you've got to have masks. And if you don't, we're going to start flunking you. And we're going to have a list of dealerships with masks and without masks. And we're going to recommend people don't buy from you if you don't have the mask. Okay. You know, it, it, uh, Nissan's business is bad enough. Uh, and uh, to lo lose a sale, you know, over a mask, uh, it, it's just totally ridiculous. Ladies and gentlemen, put your mask on. Uh, it's not the law that you're going to be saving lives, including your own. Uh, we have come to the end of the show, and uh, we are so happy that you joined us this morning. You know how important you are to the show. Without you, we wouldn't have a show. Join us next week right here for On Cars. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone.